0: Hello and welcome to series three of my podcast innovation where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women from diverse backgrounds and perspectives in science and technology. Our conversations give us insights into some fascinating innovations, but we also get to relate. Here on Innovation, I give women a platform to be seen and heard, because this exact conversation is also in video format on YouTube. And honestly, every single episode is inspiring and uplifting, because we hear about what these women have learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talk to Chinta De a psychologist. Um, My name is uh, Chinta De I'm uh, a psychologist.
1: Um, and a psychologist that works with different organisations, so basically an organisational psychologist. Um, And I've been working here within in Europe um, and in Asia for for over 20 years now.
0: We go back a long, long way um, because our relatives know each other and I think I must have met you gosh, decades ago, and we haven't seen each other since. So um, this is a very special conversation uh, where as two fellow Sri Lankan women, we get to catch up on all the years that we haven't seen each other, but also um, find out about our experiences as women in STEM.
1: Um,
0: So first of all, your line of work as a psychologist in terms of like stem training what have you had to do to get to where you are today
1: okay well i came through an interesting route sheenie because um basically i started off with a biology degree so i'm a, a biology graduate from king's college in london but then um, as I graduated from King's College, uh, the biology degree, you know, the psychology part of it didn't really encompass enough for me to um, be a graduate member of the British Psychological Society, which I, one must be to uh to engage in any kind of you know work within psychology. So so this really lovely tutor, you know, Bob Farrer, I'm going to plug his name here, um, amazing guy, um, he basically suggested that I went and did a, a top up course at City uh, University. So then from there on now I could officially call myself a graduate of you know, a psychology graduate of the British Psychological Society. And then from there on, I kind of didn't look back. I did a um, master's course in applied psychology at Cranfield University, which is um, very much, um, it, it, yeah, Cranfield University is an in- incredible place and I'm really grateful to have had that opportunity to be there because it put psychology on a very practical Level and how you apply into in, in the world. So basically, there were things like you know how do people behave in a in an air, air crash, for example. Yeah. yeah. So they actually had a, uh, a real um, Boeing aeroplane in in the backyard that where all these experiments would be done and human behavior within a crisis situation. Yeah. So that was part of you know some of the work that we did. Um, and then you know driver behavior. Yeah, so you know why do people behave in a certain way um, on, uh, on on a road on a motorway and can the motorway or the road be designed in a way that mitigates that behavior yeah because we behave in the way we do because just we, we, we do that. it's very difficult to control us you know from within but what we can do is maybe set up systems in place that allows um, us to behave in a different way. Okay, so uh, similarly, so a lot of, uh, you know, the, the stuff that you hear and then you, you mostly ignore when you go on, uh, go on holiday and you sit in your seat, you know, the aircraft safety information, um, that is based a lot on a lot, lot of research, yeah, the way that they explain it and even the seating arrangement, how it's done, etc. Uh, the lighting on the ground, that's, that was relatively new, that came out of Cranfield, I believe, uh, because we were doing research there on that. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's like the man-machine interaction, uh, it's, it's a part of that, and then moving on from there, how we design workplaces so that um, it allows the people who are you know working within that to, uh, to, to give their best. So anyway, so that was what it was, and that was what my PhD was in the end. Um, somewhere in between that, I went and uh, got a job uh, in the prison service. Yeah, her majesty's prison service, and then I started for a little while working as a prison psychologist. And, okay, so academically, I was learning a lot of things in psychology, but in terms of human behavior, human predicament, human, um, you know, what society does to people was actually learned within the prison context. I spent two years there. It was a young offender institute. And there I... Yeah, I, I, I left in the end because it felt like maybe there was something that I could do to help young people before they get to that point. Yeah, because the system is stacked against them. She needs it's, it's, it's not it, it's not OK. All right. Because even if they do come out, I mean, these are young people and um, it's very difficult for them to get back on track.
0: It's so incredible to hear that you were at Cranfield because I have um, been to Cranfield so many times because they have such a strong engineering uh, faculty. Um, very, very practical. Um, I was there recently looking at the hydrogen Um, aircraft technology that they're developing at the moment Uh Um, so it's really interesting to see as you mentioned this cross-pollination your expertise with um, expertise in engineering and and the psychology behind that you know it's all very well designing engines and all these kinds of like big mechanical parts but oh. the idea that we also have a psychology around it you know how do we behave when we're driving mm. how do we behave if a machine fails like an aircraft is it's really incredible the idea of and it, and it, I think it really highlights the importance of all the different uh perspectives in stem coming together yeah. um to make something really great um what do you do now
1: for me you know, if you have an education, I mean, I remember my, my mother used to say, you know what? Life can put anything in front of you and it can completely put you on your knees. You could be there standing on your knees without even the clothes on your back. But if you have an education, you can dust yourself off. Yeah. And get up and start again. Yeah. And, and for me, that, that, that was, um, yeah, that, that that's a big deal, and and I think if you can give at least as many kids that opportunity, then I think it's important.
0: Because you also mentioned the Sri Lankan angle, and I I really, you know, something that struck me struck me so deeply about what you're saying was like parental expectation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so why don't we start with that? Because actually, uh, that's something I really 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 relate to. The other day, I was in uh, Manchester doing an award ceremony, and um, the CEO of um, the whole sort of initiative um, said to me, I watched your TED talk, and it's really clear that you have a very, um, very uh, dominating father. And um, that really shocked me because my TED Talk, you know, it's available uh, for public consumption, obviously, being a TED Talk. Um, But I never thought that I mentioned my dad in a way that made him look dominating. Mm -hmm. But that must be a really, maybe Sri Lankan thing because, you know, my dad always pushed the importance of engineering so when you were talking about being on your knees and not um knowing which way to turn but education being the one thing that you can really rely on to pull you out of any you know compromising situation that was a message that was really drummed into my head you know dad's always talked about the importance of engineering um And the importance of education. Um, For the purpose of this podcast, do you think that um, we are educating our younger generations correctly Uh in the UK? Because I know that we have a Sri Lankan, we have a Sri Lankan sort of like upbringing Um, and education was probably key. Okay, let's try and keep this simple. How important was education for you growing up?
1: Very important.
0: Same with me. Do you think we are doing education right by our young today in the UK?
1: No. Well, simply not. And I think for that, we've got to respect the the teaching profession, for starters, you know, who are at you know at the, at the top end of all this, um, I think there's very little respect and investment for teachers because they really are the, the 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 people who are turning the little key, yeah, to 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 help young people discover more about themselves, and I think that is a part of it.
0: How can we change things?
1: Um, I think again, you know, we, we we go back to to systems, really, isn't it? You know, uh, operating systems. Uh, you know, going back to to, to Cranfield and you know how making sure that you know we have a system that's an aeroplane that people can get out of, yeah, if there was a danger, or you know, whilst they're in there, it's it's comfortable and 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 properly designed. So I think it's designing systems that is probably at fault here because you know one of the more disappointing things for me really is that you know um, education and health which are very emotive subjects are pulled out by various um, politicians i mean i don't want to go into politics here because i think it's not, not the space for it. But the thing is, you know, people keep changing it all the time. All right. And each one wants to make a difference, you know, in, in this way or that way, but without possibly thinking of the long-term effect, effect, effect of it. Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's, it's a word, it's, it's emotive, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's an emotive subject. So people will stop and listen the minute you talk about schools or uh, health, because it, it applies to everyone. You know, education, if you have young kids, and health, if you've got older people. So that's 100% of the population. Yeah. Um, when you on. talked
0: about people knowing their passion, um, that really struck a chord with me as well, because I remember being absolutely um, focused on getting engineering qualifications because that's what my dad had and i wanted to follow in his footsteps as the eldest daughter and um you know so i never took my blinkers off i just went forward trying to get my qualifications in engineering and then when i popped out of university and i had all these um impressive qualifications I had absolutely no clue what my passions were because I was so f- focused on just getting qualified. And I remember having conversations with people in media, um, like the BBC, and they would ask me questions like, what are your passions? What could we, c- how can we design a television program around your passions? What is it you want to do in life? And, you know, I qualified at the age of 24 like I was done with my education at 24 but I had no clue about what was truly driving me and it really put me into a panic because I was like I have no clue what I want to do with my life with my brains with with my skills I don't even know what my skills are I just know how to study really well and it really really made me panic um and I just wonder whether, in your experience, young people have that same panic, that they don't have all the answers to their lifetime plan in their 20s or even in their late teens.
1: Indeed. Yeah. So when I was running those programs, like the first year was finding out about yourself and so on, really, I had to work with the parents as well. Okay. And one of the stick. Um, I, you had to do it in a in a in, in a gentle way because I mean the, the parents are paying me right, <laughs> so, so you can't really annoy them too much. But, uh, but 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 guiding them gently, you know, into this process, you know, and, and asking them to to not over direct the child's free time. Yeah, can you find allow them? So a part of the program was to 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 discover what is it that I really like. Yeah, go try experimenting with some stuff. So, you know, in the group, um, some people will come and tell you about, you know, what they're doing and so on. So then somebody else said, oh, I'd like to do that. I'll give that a shot and so on. So so it's really important to, to not orchestrate our kids' free time too much. I know parents who will basically exhaust their kids up until, you know, it's bedtime and then wonder why these kids are so buzzed and they can't get to sleep you know at night. Um, because it's it's just completely, um, you know, going from piano to to Judo to this to that, to that you know, the, the after school activities are there. So when, when I, I've got two kids, yeah, now they're grown up. Um, and basically, you know, they could do one thing only in a week, yeah. And then the rest of it, they had to, I don't know, yeah. And then they will come and say, I'm bored. Yeah. And then, but they never say they're bored anymore. Okay. But anyway, they used to say, When I'm bored, I said, and I said, Oh, congratulations, darling. I say, yeah. And I said, you know what? You're just on the verge of doing something really interesting. Yeah. So carry on. Yeah.
0: This inability to follow one's true purpose comes out sideways
1: in other ways has that been your experience um yeah i i, I think so i, I think the, the key part of it is um when kids do the stuff you know in this i, I like the the beautiful imagery of the unfurling of yourself okay um, when when they're doing that, it doesn't mean that they are not going to do what it is that they might end up doing in the end, okay? But they get the confidence to do that.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and that's the difference because, you know, by trying and failing on things is where we learn. We don't really learn from our successes, to be honest, right? We learn from the things that we don't quite succeed. It's not even a failure. I, I hate to uh, to label it as being a failure. It is. It didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to turn out, right? and 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 that's all it is. So then you try a different way, and so on. Really. So when you leave a kid to to try out something, whether it be coloring or whatever, um, they'll think oh, wait, that that. I mean, they're they're their own worst critic. Okay, in the end, because they will think that's not quite what I wanted. All right. and and then they will start improving on things. So even with their little mini projects or whatever it is, yeah, and so on, and start kids to start comparing each other. But if they start failing, not failing, but you know, not quite like 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 uh, honing their skills is the way to put it early on.
0: They're allowing get- themselves to be themselves, you know, like rather than oh, and this is probably why the educational system is so challenged because everyone's being siphoned through the same channel instead of people getting to the answer in their own way. Yes. I mean, this is this is what really worries me. Um, but it's, I think you're mentioning vocabulary that is, strikes me so deeply because confidence oh. is so crucial. And it's the reason why I started this podcast because... The women on the women that I have on this podcast are brilliant in terms of qualifications and experience and you know being in industry etc uh-huh. but some of them have really had to struggle with their own belief uh-huh. systems their inner belief systems and it sounds like the way you've raised your own children has just been so healthy. And it it, you know, I, I, I just I'm so drawn to the way parents raise their children because it's not just about going to the best universities or getting the best qualifications, which can often be the motivation behind um parents who are underrepresented themselves so for example my parents are you know as you know like sri lankan we were very underrepresented and so my dad pushed that message get an education it's the only way to get, gain respect from your community and you know to to really elevate yourself through education um but that really you know, I followed those instructions, but to me, it hasn't necessarily been the qualifications that have been key. It's what I believe about myself that has been key. And that's been a really, really difficult journey because it's not something that education can help with. It's the side of things that is to do with love, encouragement, support, it's very touchy-feely stuff, which in STEM industries generally, particularly engineering, is not discussed at all. So what would um what light can you shed on this kind of touchy-feely aspect of a child's development? Coming th- knowing that I'm asking that question, having been immersed in a very masculine very sort of like logic, head-driven past, basically? What light can you shed?
1: I think, yeah, it's it's, it's a very interesting question. Um, And the answer is probably not going to be that simple in terms of, you know, it's, it's not a yes or no. A uh, simple answer, but I think you know, as women, we are going into STEM. We can lead by example. Yeah, we can change the way that we handle ourselves, um, mm. and in and doing so, teach boys and girls, men and women in the in the in the world that we're encountering, that um, softness does not mean weakness. OK, gentleness does not mean that, you know, you are you're giving in or anything like that, because I think that is truly where the strength lies, because that is where how you can mobilize a whole bunch of people, you know, into doing something that is going to be, you know, flying to the moon or, or whatever it is, um, hard, hard forms of communication. It, it's fine, you know, if you're dealing with robots. But the point is, you know, we don't, we are dealing with human beings, you know, who genuinely at the end of the day, just simply want to be accepted and respected and feel that they are giving some, a part of themselves, you know, to the world. Uh, that, it, that includes their talents, you know, and their skills and so on, really. Yeah. And then feeling that there's a space for that. Yeah. If we have to hide part of it, then then we are, we are like those chickens that, you know, I, I don't know, the yeah, this is kind of a bit graphic, but, but you know, I don't know whether really. you notice, but the hen keeps rotating the chicken when, when it's um, sitting on an egg. Yeah, every, 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 I don't know, half an hour or so, it rotates all the eggs. Um, that's because the warmth has to be all around to create a chicken. That can truly fly or truly do whatever it is. Any bird, it doesn't have to be a chicken, okay. Any bird. Because if you don't, um, the warmth will only be on one side. And that's the part that really hatches, you know, or becomes elongated and so on. Yeah. It, 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 it take my word for it. That happens, you know, uh, but, but the hen, mother hen, she keeps rotating it. Or maybe, you know, there are uh, fathers as well. Okay. There are, um, partners who 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 keep the eggs warm, but they keep rotating it. Because it's really important that all sides of the human being or the bird or the, the entity are in full capacity and can actually come together because it is only when all come together you see the true flight, the beautiful flight of bird. Otherwise it's always just crawling around or, you know, one wing not there or something like that. But I think we need all of us, you know, when we come to Anywhere, what you're doing here, or what I'm doing here, because at the end of the day, my knowledge is only the stuff that's in my bag, yeah, that I pick up. But it's me that walks into these organizations or any kind of encounter, and and that's all of me that's walking in. And you need to have that confidence to walk in, because anything else you do with it is just, yeah, it's just tools, right? It's just it's just tools. But the real thing that we actually take in is, is us, and and I think that's what we need to raise our kids to being. And some school systems are doing that. You know, there are some amazing places that allow that, and I think we must acknowledge that too, and possibly learn from it, so that we can extend into other places too. But uh, but yeah, bring our whole selves in. I mean, I know there's a lot talked about that, but I think it's really important because it's you and I that walk in that people will listen to and anything else is just the knowledge and the tools that we can bring in to make sense of things. That's about it.
0: Well, Chinta, I feel like uh, our conversation has really kind of projected into so many fundamental areas of life. You talked about education, you talked about Cranfield University, which really is uh, such a key place for engineering, flight, aviation, aerospace. Um, You talked about the prison service, you talked about youth, you talked about women, you talked about parenthood. You've just covered so much ground, confidence being such a key part of all of that and even though this conversation has like satellited into various different areas i feel like there's just been such a massive common theme which is the importance of knowing oneself and 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 and, and really making sure that you apply all of your dimensions to whatever it is that you're doing And you help people to do that. And I feel like I didn't even realize, but I'm trying to do that too in my own way. And we're doing this in like very separate spheres, but yet, you know, it does all need to come together. And it has done in this conversation, even though I wish I could chat to you for several more hours. And I hope that we do off camera. Um, But it's just been such... Uh, so enlightening to be able to speak to you today. And if anyone wants more information about what you do, or to see, you know, more of your work, where would they go?
1: Uh, they can go to my website. Um, yeah, it's, uh, www yeah. Maybe we can attach it somewhere at the bottom of the podcast or something. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where, yeah. And my email address is there. Reach out anytime. Seriously, Sheenie, you're doing a grand job in, in, yeah, giving us a voice really, and helping us to, to express it in in a a wonderful way that you you clearly got a huge talent for so thank you
0: Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews, then the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery, self-evolution and inclusivity on innovation. Let's all strive to be in the best versions of ourselves and celebrate others being themselves too. As always, be kind and loving and I wish you all a great week.